and greatly to be praised. We are into our last episode of our series, Letters to Leaders. And I hope you have gone back and listened to the previous seven episodes and took and taken notes and, you know, really gotten yourself locked into this because one of the first things we talked about when we started this series is that if you have influence, then you are a leader. So if there's anyone that you have influence over, then you are a leader. So we wanted to pull all this information in, provide you with some foundational uh, blocks by which to establish your leadership because we want your leadership to propel people to be in a godly mindset. So we are in our eighth episode of this series. And our point today is that Christian leaders are influential, influential, influential citizens in their communities. Christian leaders are influential citizens in their community. And our declaration is we will be leaders that know the world is broken, but we will strive to reflect Christ in every situation. Although the world is broken, our whole goal is to provide an opportunity for people to see Christ in every situation. And so, as we're going through this, I want to just rehearse very quickly um, our episodes that we have discussed previously. Our very first episode, our subtitle was, This Is You. Our second episode was, personally responsible. Our third episode was the best character. Our fourth episode was bonafide leader. Fifth episode, leading positionally. Sixth episode, painful endurance. Our seventh episode, which was last week, was mindfulness. And today, our episode, episode number eight, is entitled proper thinking, or subtitled proper thinking. And our definitions um, for this episode are going to be the following. The first definition is leader, which is one that leads or conducts, a guide, a conductor, an influencer. Lead. Direction is given by example. Proper. Own particular, exact, neat, fitting, appropriate. Now we're going to really quickly do a breakdown. The word think means to imagine, conceive in the mind, consider, meditate, remember, intend, wish, or desire. Again, we're going to do another suffix. This suffix is ing. And this suffix attached uh, to verbs to mean their action result, their product, or their material. Then we get to our final word, number six, thinking. The process of using one's mind to consider or reason about something. So we want to have our particular, exact, our neat uh, process of using one's mind to consider or to reason about something. There is a way 
for us to think, a way for us to act, a way for us to interact, but we want to make sure that it's proper based upon the Word of God. Well, again, we're, this Letters to Leaders is coming from what is called the Pastoral Epistles, which are First and Second Timothy and Titus. And so we're going to pull a little bit out of each one of those and go ahead and discuss proper thinking. So 1 Timothy, the second chapter, starting at the first verse, we're going to be going to the fourth verse, and the English Standard Version says this, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceable and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Second Timothy, the fourth chapter, the first through the fourth verses says this, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine, but have itchy ears that will accumulate uh, for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Titus, the third chapter, Two verses in Titus, the first and the second verse. Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that it will rest upon our hearts and that it will grow and gain great roots thereby. So the first thing that Paul is bringing out in, in this series of, of scriptures is that we should be praying for those that are in leadership over our communities. And that, when we do that, it creates an atmosphere whereby we can live peacefully and quiet lives in a godly manner. And that is the goal. That is so that we can be who we are as Christians in the midst of the civil authorities and the civil authorities allow us to live that way. But part of that requirement is that we pray for them, that we're interceding for those that are in authority. We're talking about the proper thinking. Now, one of the things that we can discover is that when you pray for somebody, it becomes complicated for you to talk negatively about somebody. So if you begin to begin to pray for the authorities, for those that God has allowed to rule over you, and you begin to pray for them, you begin to look for uh 
the hope, the expectation of your prayers in their lives instead of trying to pull out those negative connotations or those negative thoughts that are coming against them. It changes your mindset because we want to have the proper thinking. And so we want to create this environment where, uh, as N.T. Wright says, he said it like this, he says, we must do our best to conform not to any of the different stereotypes the world offers, but to the healing, liberating, humanizing message of the gospel of Jesus. Because Christian leaders have influence in the world, but not in the way of others who desire power or revolution. Instead of constantly fighting the authorities over us, we are to pray for them and to have and work for peace within our communities. We are to bring healing and freedom and reflect the best of spirit-empowered humanity to others. Now we've heard things such as, the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Phrases like those are often said by people that are just frustrated with the moral demise of the culture and the calamities that they see on television and the things that they hear on the radio. And every generation can say this is about what is going on during their era. The reason why every generation can say that it is because the world is broken, filled with sin and decaying didn't just start in the 21st century, didn't just start in the 20th, didn't just start in the 19th, the 18th, the 17th, the 16th, did not just start with any of those centuries. It started in Genesis, the third chapter. And that is when Adam violated the commandment given by God of not to eat from the tree of good and evil, knowledge of good and evil. And so for this very reason, for this very situation, the thinking today is not proper, is not right, is not exact, is not appropriate because we are focusing more on the depravity, focusing more on the uh, negative than we are looking at the hope that we have in Christ Jesus in order to achieve what it is that God has for this world. And so going a little bit further, we say uh, the depravity has gotten to the point where people are desiring, even in the church, to hear about the negativity. They're desiring to even hear about the things that are not going in the direction that uh God desires for them to go in. They are having uh, another uh, portion of Timothy said they have itching ears, that their ears are anticipating this negativity. Their ears are looking for the negativity. And they begin to gravitate toward that, begin to live toward that, begin to reflect that because they are not thinking properly. And so Paul is describing the falling away of believers to false teaching, and not only the false teaching, but also sinful desires. The Bible says it like this. It says, we're all tempted, 
But once we grab hold of that temptation, whatever it may be, then it becomes sin and it causes us to miss the mark that God has set for us. And so we want to operate in a way that our mind and our bodies and our spirit are all in conformity to the Word of God. We talked about in Romans the 12th chapter how we have to renew our mind. We have to do some things and we have to not try to conform to this world, but we have to be transformed because the Word of God has, although it has renewed our spirit, our mind still has some processing to go through in order to get to that process. So, they, so it says, for the time will come when people will not put up with the sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their, way, their ears away from the truth and turn aside to men. Now, Paul wasn't just talking about in the future. He was talking about even in his day. But not only uh, is it happening in his day, it is happening now. And he's not only talking about uh, this happening right before Jesus returns, he's talking about this is a constant battle, a constant process that we are going through in order to uh, cause friction with people walking in what Christ has done for them. So Timothy, who Paul is writing to, is dealing with people who reject sound doctrine. And they gravitate toward false teachers. And so we, as the Christian leaders, we uh, have dealt with this type of thing as far back as <laughs> this time period where Paul is actually telling Timothy about this, to be aware of this, to be, because uh, some people saw this Christian sect, this, this group that was as an opportunity for them to uh, try to manipulate people to do things the way that they wanted to do them. They would take a little bit of how they were already doing things and they would just try to cover it up and say this is a Jesus thing. But however, when you really looked at it, it was just the covering and they still were uh, adhering to the practices that they were originally delivered from. And so... The last days uh, that the Bible talks about is any time after Jesus being ascended up to heaven to the right hand of the Father. So the last days are any time after Jesus left the earth and sent the Holy Spirit. And so we as the Christian leaders, we as those leaders that have made Christ the forefront, the actual focus of everything that we say and do, 
those leaders should know that they are going to be dealing with false teachings. You're going to be dealing with immoral behavior. You're going to be dealing with hostility toward the gospel because the flesh is at odds or against the spirit. The flesh wants to fulfill itself and the spirit has a desire to do the things and conform to the will of God. Now, as a leader, as an influencer, we have to not only uh, recognize those who have fallen away, but we also have to show love to those who have fallen away. We still should be speaking the truth, but the truth in love, not the truth to show them that we know more, not the truth to power them down, not the truth to beat them down, but the truth should be spoken in a way that causes them to want to adhere to the truth and not to the false things that they have now taken in. And so we have to speak it in a way that shows that we're, we're not upset, we we're, we're, uh, have hope, we have a desire for them to be successful in Christ Jesus. And when we work it that way, when we do this in love, and one of the ways that you do it in love is that we speak to them in a way that we would like to be spoken to. We say it in a way that we would like to hear. We do it so that it is not us causing a battle, but us attempting to walk together in the same direction. In Amos, we always talk about this. How can two walk together except they be in agreement? How can they go in the same direction? They have to agree on the direction that they're going in. And so we want to create that environment. We want to create that economy that provides them with what they need in order to get in the proper direction. We want to establish this so that they can do what God has called for them to do. And so, not only are we to battle against these false doctrines, not only are we supposed to uh, teach with love, and we're supposed to uh, interact with love, and we are to confront with love. Everything that we do has love in it. Now, Love, it does not mean that we passively let things happen. Love means I care about you enough to ensure that you have an understanding of the truth and then you can make the decision on how you want to deal with the truth that is presented. And so, not only are we supposed to deal with that, but we are also responsible for praying for the authorities. So that we can live peacefully in our communities. And that, so that we can influence change. Now, it's very easy for us to get into a position whereby we are influencing change based upon our feelings. Based upon our personal desires. If we do not use the reference of the Word of God as our guidepost. For going forward, it's very easy for us to lose sight of the direction that we're going in. And so we want to create that environment where the whole focus is 
Jesus and what Jesus has done and what Jesus has proclaimed to us, which is that he has a desire that all men will come to salvation, that all men will have opportunity to serve the risen Savior and God. And so when we are operating in our influence of authority, we have to have the same mindset as an ambassador has when he is operating in his capacity. When an ambassador is operating in his capacity, he realizes that he does not represent himself. He represents the nation of which he is an ambassador of. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. And when we are walking as examples of the kingdom of God, we are its ambassadors. So our whole goal is to operate under the auspices, under the covering of the kingdom of God and how it operates. So part of that operation is that we pray for those that are in authority so that we can live peacefully in our communities and that we can be godly and we can lead folks to the right proper thinking as they go forward. This is the process. This is the uh, way that we have to go forward, that we have to do these things so that we can establish God's kingdom on earth. And so there's a story of a grandfather who was working in his workshop on a warm spring uh, day. He was looking out of his window and as his grandson rolled his bike down the driveway, he suddenly heard a loud bang and looked up to see his grandson was crying. And he was on the ground by his broken bike. And what appears to happen is that the grandson ran into the mailbox. And so he runs out to check on his grandson and when he got there, his grandson was okay, but he was very upset because his bike was all mangled. And the grandson looks up at his grandfather and said, it's broken. The grandfather knelt down next to him and said, we can fix it. So the two went back into the workshop and the grandson watched as his grandfather fixed his bike. While the grandson was waiting, he noticed an old clock on the workbench. The grandson picked it up only to drop it on the ground. As tears ran down his face, he screamed again to the grandfather, it's broken. And the grandfather knelt down again and picked up the clock and whispering in his grandson's ear, we can fix it. Our world, where we live, our communities, sometimes even our homes are in a broken mess. And sometimes all we can do is cry and tell God our Father is broken. And God's answer to us will be, we can fix it. And because of what Christ has done on the cross, 
It changed everything. It now provided an atmosphere of hope for the community. It provides an atmosphere of hope towards the home. It provides an atmosphere of hope to the nation. It provides an atmosphere of hope to the world. Because of what he did on the cross, he turned the power of sin on its ear, the power of deception on its ear, because he now provided a conduit that we would not be pulled into the trap caused by sin and deception. And so what we can then become is a reflection of the change that Christ has established in us. Because once we lock into our proper thinking, that our thoughts are causing us to move in a direction that is proper, which is in exact accordance, in uh, the direction of the Word of God, of the Kingdom of Heaven, it will cause us to manifest healing or to present healing to those around us. Because when they see the hope in you, it causes them to also get hope, to receive hope, to know that there is hope. And so as we have gone through these eight episodes of the Letters to Leaders, our whole desire was for you to pull what you needed to become a better leader to those that you influence. So that you can speak life into them. So that you can go through the pain that they go through and help lead them and guide them to do. So that you can birth in them the knowledge that they are also leaders because they have influence. And by doing this, you can establish a network of folks that are leading in the proper and the right way. But it starts with us thinking right in our minds, getting our minds right, having our minds renewed by the Word of God, so that when we go forward, we are operating as an ambassador of the Kingdom of Heaven and not representing ourselves and our selfish desires. If you have not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is a good day as ever to do that. And what we want to just tell you is that part of that proper thinking process is having a relationship with Jesus. As we said before, Jesus on the cross changed everything. He changed everything and caused hope to be birthed in the earth. And so we want to operate in the power of that birth, of that hope, of that conviction, that knowledge, that everything is now changed because of Christ Jesus. And if you are the person that has been operating within the power of yourself and realize that you cannot make anything happen within yourself. You need the infusion of the power of He that is greater than anything on this earth. That's God the Father. Through Jesus Christ, He has uh, brought us to God's very presence. 
and by His Spirit, the Spirit, He leads us and guides us to all the truths that have been proclaimed in the Word of God. If this is you, the process is not a hard process. The Bible says it like this. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved, rescued, delivered from the power, I mean, from the penalty of sin. And the, as you live your life with the proper thinking, you start to become delivered, rescued, and freed from the power of sin. And as you keep on going and you then are caught up to meet uh, Christ in the air, become a true citizen of, king, of, of the kingdom of heaven because that is where you have gone to live, then you will be set free, delivered from the presence of sin. So today, if you fall into that category where you know that you need Christ in your life, it's simple again. Confess that He is Lord. Believe in your heart that God is raised from the dead, and you shall be saved. Now, the whole thing about this is, this is not an individual event. This is a team event, and we would love to assist you in this journey. Please let us know that you've made that decision today by emailing us at God's house, um, at info at God's house, cc.com. That's info at godshousecc.com. And we have some information we want to put into your hands. Not only do we have information, but we want to come alongside you and assist you into becoming the kingdom citizen that God desires for you to be. Well, friends and family, that's all that we have for this series, Letters to Leaders. We believe that there's something that was said over these past eight episodes that you have grabbed hold to, that you gravitated to, but I would tell you the reason we finished with this is because we have to get our minds right and think appropriately and properly so that we can go forward and destroy the false doctrines that are trying to come in and pull people aside. So with that said, thank you for being a part of our service today. And we're believing God for the very best for you. And we are just declaring even now that God's blessings will be upon you throughout this week in Jesus' name.